0: Hey, hey, listeners. We missed y'all. How have y'all been? I've been good. (laughs) That was me being a listener. (laughs) Welcome to Unlearned. I'm Kat. And I'm Misha. And we're just going to start off with this weekend entertainment. So mm. this year and early next year we're gonna see a lot of like really great black films come out. Um so like out right now is outside with you, which is like this beautiful story of like the uh, POTUS and Flotus' first date. Oh so cute. Uh, so sweet. I can't um, wait to see that. Yeah, me too. I'm going. I'm definitely gonna go. Very, very soon. Uh, but, yeah, the, the movie's been out for a while. But it's, you know, we got lives. We can't go out seeing movies all the time. So don't judge us listeners if you've seen it.
1: We busy recording podcasts. <laughs> um,
0: and so there are other interesting films coming up, uh, more, which is, like, more black historical films, which is, like, that's my jam. If we're talking about black people in history, that is my jam. Not if we're talking about slavery. I can't with slavery movies. I absolutely can't. It's just, there's other that like black people did like cool things after slavery. Peanut butter. So so, like make peanut butter or uh, like the newest movie with Taraji P. Henson, hidden figures. Some black women were bomb ass mathematicians who got white men to space. So you're welcome. This is it. This is like the historical fiction that I'm trying to see. It's, Cause you know how movies are like not fully nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta you gotta gotta beef fluff it up, it up right? You beef it up, yeah. But Hidden Figures is coming out, and it uh tells the story of these three bl- uh, black female mathematicians who are kill- killing the game at NASA, and it's like the 1950s, 1960s. You know, one of those racist periods in our country, which is just, you know, from the birth of this country to present day. Uh, And it's going to it's going to be great to see one positive black female representation in movies, seeing this dope ass story of like a field that
1: black women are not commonly in. Um, I can't even do basic arithmetic. (laughs) These women out here solving things that got people to space space. Not space. Zero gravity.
0: <laughs> so that's like that's going to be I'm so excited to see that movie. That's going to be really dope. Um, another movie coming out is documenting the story of the Lovings um which in Loving V Virginia a uh, couple, an interracial couple, got married and which was illegal at the time because it's, you know, the 60s and we live in a racist country. So that's, there's been other movies done about the lovings, but there's been a lot of hype around this one. So Mm -hmm. I think maybe this one, this time around is going to be a cinematic classic. I'm going to see it. What a great name. Yeah. It's out of lovings. Wow. Yeah. I'm I'm all about this movie. As far as like interracial couples with good names, you know, best is pretty dope. Whatever.
1: Cats. Stop (laughs) (laughs) self-promoting.
0: We all get you cool. (laughs) Just saying, saying. Uh, and then, yeah, so let's. One more movie, more like historical fiction coming out is Birth of a Nation. So, Birth of a Nation, probably gonna be a dope ass movie. Did amazingly well in Sundance. It's bound to be a classic. But the problem lies with the star producer, director of the movie. Mm, interesting, what do you mean cat uh so Nate Parker has been he was accused and acquitted of sexual assault um and interesting enough, he was accused of committing sexual assault with his friend his friend was convicted of the assault um so like right now a lot a lot of people are talking about how like can we really promote a man with such a problematic past and like the fact that so one the survivor of the sexual assault committed suicide a few years back Mm -hmm. um and are we harshly judging black men who made uh who were problematic in their past where a lot of like white writers, white directors don't experience the same backlash. So, like, the way that Woody Allen is this creepy perv, but, like, seen as such a movie, like... Historic figure. Yeah. Um, And then, like, Bill Cosby.
1: (laughs) He just wrecked his life. That's what people
0: think. Well, he he deserves all the criticism that he's getting. Um, But it's, like, are black men being more harshly judged? Interesting. I, I say that if you were sexually assaulting people, fuck you, go to hell. If it fa- affects your career, you should have thought about that when you didn't want to get consent. So I, I can't. I like. I personally, I don't want to see the movie because I don't want to put money in the pockets of like fucking rapists. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Controversy. I mean, like, I want to support black films, especially black films that are supposed to be fucking legendary but at the same time I cannot in good conscience put money in that man's pocket
1: I think this is a larger question than just this particular situation Mm -hmm. you know I view films music literature as a form of art and it causes you to ask the question does this person's personal decision impact the way you're going to interpret their art or what you're willing to do or purchase Mm mm-hmm I don't know where I fall on that question. So I I really haven't thought about if I'm going to see the film or not. But I mean, I think there are a lot of times, you know, with Woody Allen, for example, people view him as a creep. But many people still go to see his films and put money in his pockets. Paula Deen is a racist and does racist stuff. (laughs) And yeah, I still use her recipes, you know. So it's like where. Where does the line stop? are you yeah i mean it's just a hard question to me and i think Mm -hmm. it's a larger question that i haven't quite figured out where i fall on it yet
0: yeah you know that actually goes really goes really well with our topic today like what does it mean to be woke like let's let's break down this quote-unquote wokeness like where did this term even come from um and can you really be woke if you are like like let's say you're you're so down for every black cause, but you're homophobic. Are you actually really woke, or can you be like sleepwalking, basically? Mm-hmm. So let's uh let's break it down. Let's define. How do you define woke?
1: I would define woke. I mean exactly what it sounds like. It means that you're aware. You don't take what's given to you with a grain of salt. Like you actually de dive in deeper and try to figure out what's underneath a lot of these systems and you question you're constantly question the narratives that's been given to you I agree with that yeah definitely um I guess
0: yeah I that's exactly how I would define it so do you think that like someone can be can they be woke if they're only like focused on like one subject and they're not and they're not either they're participating in systems of oppression mm-hmm. can they be woke if they are actively participating in systems of oppression against other groups
1: well i think that's my problem with the term woke yeah is that i think it's often applied to racial oppression mm-hmm. and these and people who are really hyper aware of racial history of oppression of systematic racism the term is often applied To that subset of people but there are many people that i know who consider themselves to be woke because they're not fooled by white narratives and yet they use homophobic rhetoric islamophobic rhetoric for me i'm like i don't understand how you can really be for the freedom of people and yet oppress continually oppress other groups of people Mm -hmm. so even though i use the term woke and use the phrase stay woke. I I have a problem with it because I think it's more of you know what our show's called. I think it's more of an unlearning and learning yeah. process. It's yeah. a continual process. So like
0: when did you what were when when did you like first wake up or you, been, you began. you've begun like waking up from your slumber of ignorance is bliss? <laughs> like woo!
1: Um, that's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm before I tell you about the moment where I think I woke up, I'm going to talk about pre-waking up. Okay. Pre-waking up. Because that to me is very complicated, especially as a biracial woman mm-hmm. being raised by white people. And I think my mom, you know, she did the best she could. She tried to instill in us that race didn't matter. Like, when, and you know, it was completely good intentions. Mm-hmm. What she meant by that is when you see a black person, we see somebody who's Mexican, we see somebody who's white, they're all equal, they're created equal in in God's eyes. so you love them all equally. But I think that when you raise with that type of mentality, it doesn't allow you the space to really think about how people of different races are treated differently and mm-hmm. how that means that race really does matter, right? Uh, so growing up i was I was the person that was like, race doesn't matter. Like, mm-hmm. us calling it out is making it worse. <laughs> if you would just treat us the same, then, like, you know, mm-hmm. then it wouldn't be a big deal. I was, this is hard for media to admit, listeners, but I was the type of person that was also anti-affirmative action. Cat, <laughs> this is a vulnerable moment for me. You're laughing at me, okay? Oh, You're I'm laughing sorry. at me. But I remember, so I was I was watching this TV show, and this is how the white people get you. <laughs> I was watching this tv show and i remember this vividly because this shaped my opinion of affirmative action Mm -hmm. there was this white kid there was this black kid who were both applying to harvard the black kid got in the white kid did not get in even though the white kid had better grades and the school was like tore up over this and they called like an assembly and the black students talk to the black principal and we're like don't you agree with us like affirmative action is necessary and then like all the music starts playing the violins come in (laughs) and everybody's expecting this black woman to be like yes affirmative action is great and she's like no i don't agree with affirmative action because i don't think that i need any help being great and making good grades and doing all this type of stuff and I was like, "Hell yeah! <laughs> I'm smart. I'm brilliant. I'm hardworking. I don't need any extra help doing this." That comes from a, a lack of understanding of systemic racism mm-hmm. and history in general. <laughs> but I thought I was educated. I was like, "Listen to this answer <laughs> when you asked me about affirmative action." Right. So that is to say, there was a long process. Yeah. It was a long, and I would. It wasn't until grad school I think I would start using that term to describe myself. Was you always woke?
0: I uh, Like one great point of your affirmative action. What I think is like statistically the largest benefactors of affirmative action are white women. So I just think it's like really funny. white They women. don't like, be
1: talking about it like that. They,
0: yeah, they never frame it. They're just like, well, this less qualified person of color got in over my white son or white daughter. Blah, blah, blah. blah. And it's just like okay well stop being racist racist and oppressive and fight against the system and maybe one day we will all have some level of equality to where these concessions are not necessary Mm. so treat people like they're equal if you want the world to change whatever that's just like how i feel (laughs) (laughs) uh but yeah and like all of the stories of White people suing universities over their affirmative action policy. I'm just like, Ugh, if that's not white privilege in action though. <laughs> like it is. It's kinda oh, someone didn't give you what you wanted and they gave a person of color or a female what you wanted. Oh no. Oh, you're poor little white ink I'm so sorry. Like, get the fuck out of here. But anyway, yeah let's like my pre-woke days uh i think like for my pre-woke days i was definitely well one i had a a lot of like everything that i did was framed around christianity um and like being a hardcore christian uh and like i didn't really do anything like i didn't really do or say anything that was homophobic Mm-hmm. Uh, like that's because like I've always known that I was queer mm-hmm. um, so I didn't like I didn't really do that but I think that was very like I was very unaccepting of like other religion no not necessarily unaccepting of other religions not accepting if like someone was non-religious which I think is super fucked up uh, like in hindsight being super fucked up as a non-religious person but like telling you know like growing up telling my friends like oh if you don't get baptized you're going to hell like that's just what the bible says mm-hmm. I'm sorry like we can still be friends but I'll I'll Aren't wave you at you from heaven yeah I'll wave at you from heaven when we die I'm sorry like but that's such a little shitty thing to say like what <sighs> okay so my pre-book days are really like based around um yeah being being devoutly Christian and saying really shitty
1: things to like non-religious people but can I comment on that for one second yeah I think that I'm not going to say Christianity is unique, but I think one of the things that it offers is the ability to read oppression all in it, but also at the same time, the ability to really read an egalitarian mindset into it as well. Mm-hmm. And you have the gospel where they're talking about no Jew, no Gentile. And I think a lot of people use those types of passages to say, no, we can't be racist anymore. Cause like, this, this, and this race are all equal. And at least where I'm from, that was used to say, like, race doesn't matter. Like, we're mm-hmm. all the same in God's eyes. So in a different way, I think, you know, some Christians are also, like, race doesn't matter because of the Bible as well. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, <laughs> um, So it,
0: I guess I started, as I started, like, kind of drifting away from religion um I don't really feel like I thought too much about like I was a I was a teenager teenagers are shitty I was a shitty teenager I mean I was like good compared to like other people I wasn't doing drugs and like banging people but I was still a little I was still a little asshole because you know hormones and being a teenager and like everything being the most dramatic thing in the world So, I definitely, once I got to college and I learned that there was a world outside of my shitty little teenage world, that's when I was like, oh, social justice. What's this? I like this. Let me get actively involved
1: in that. Killing it. 'cause you so you saying that you got woke in college, Mhm, that was way sooner than I did, <laughs> so what was there a moment that you remember being like, "Oh my goodness, like mm-hmm. I have been asleep for most of my life, yeah, so the uh
0: dorm that I was living in when I was a freshman was like uh the like social justice dorm where we like talk about it's not important to a lot of people of color, but we talk about issues in this residence hall and we were like kind of like the hippies uh, on campus which I was i was like whatever uh, it was like a living learning community and they took that very seriously which i greatly appreciate it so like my ra would do like bulletin boards on like how the company coca cola is murdering their venezuelan workers and like stuff like that and i'm like what there's a world outside of my world <laughs> and this terrible shit's happening by this corporation what and then like after that point i like never i haven't like drank a single coca-cola product um in a decade uh like i mean i don't drink pop so it was kind of easy but like i also don't like i won't drink their lemonade or whatever i won't uh invest my money into that corporation whatsoever so then like as that started it's like oh walmart doesn't pay like pay shitty wages and like why and like, being more active watching documentaries about labor laws and like i got i'm really really fascinated with like labor laws how people are treated and mistreated by these multi-billion dollar corporations who have enough money to pay their workers living wages but insist on their workers signing up for welfare to like quote unquote burden the system um instead of paying them real wages and giving them health insurance mm. so like that that type of stuff i was just like oh man i gotta know more i gotta keep learning like once i started ingesting um some of that i was just like my eyes are open and they're gonna and there's so much more stuff to know and there's so much more stuff to do and i got like i can't stop here so from there i got like intensely involved in social justice um I became a multicultural advocate where I got to teach others about social justice. And I think like definitely one of my biggest causes, like while on campus was um, like LGBTQ rights. Mm-hmm. And that's still something that like, I what like still like one of my big causes. today.
1: I think you've hit on something though, that many people in this country live in a state where they can go most of their lives without learning any of this at Are all. You? And I don't, and I only say that because I was that person. I had no idea. Or maybe it's not that I didn't have access to the information. But when you're not, when nobody asks that questions around, around, around you, you never think to even ask the question, are, is this company paying its workers fairly? What could be causing like X, Y, and Z behaviors? What could be doing these types of things? Like you're not even asking those type of questions. And it makes me think, That you have people in the dominant culture who are completely oblivious to Mm -hmm. this just in general because they've never had to ask the question right i mean i was living that life and i mean like ignorance
0: is bliss like was i happier living in my little small shitty world yes i don't like knowing how terrible the world is and how full of like sadness and oppression (laughs) like the world Mm is like i i would love to be a donald trump supporter but like i once you once you like realize what's actually going on i i find it it's hard to go back like you can't you can't relearn what you unlearn is that is is that what i'm that's what i'm brilliant (laughs) brilliant (laughs) there's like no going back
1: you know but i wonder if these different segments of our existence allow you to begin waking up in different areas Mm because when we were using the term woke I immediately thought racial and I was Mm -hmm. like I would not say I was woke until grad school but as you were talking I was like actually that's not true I think that for me waking up on environmental issues Mm -hmm. was way earlier than waking up about racial issues and I think that's because I took a ethics of food course mm-hmm. in undergrad maybe my second year there and they were talking about american companies who go into other countries and basically completely ruin mm-hmm. their agriculture completely ruin their cultures around particular types of food all for profit yeah and that was the first time that i had ever even thought about what our country could be doing to other countries Mm -hmm. all for money. Right. (laughs) Um, And that I would say was probably one of the first moments where I was like, yo, if we're willing to do this over the environment, where else are we effing up? (laughs) (laughs) And then you realize how these environmental issues are deeply connected to women's rights, to Mm -hmm. people of color's rights. Mm -hmm. Then I was like, wait, what, what about women's rights? What about people of color rights? Then I was like, oh my God. Yeah. This like, is all connected. Environmental racism is a very, very it's real. so
0: real. Oh, I know the intersectionality of identities, y'all. And I, and like I think waking up, you have to see the intersectionality. You cannot be linear. You cannot consider. I don't like feel like you consider yourself woke and have like be so li- linear in your viewpoint. So like let's use the example of like a black male. All right, historically black movements are sexist or have been sexist um and still really remain to be sexist and like i i don't really feel like i don't feel like there's enough black male feminists and not enough black men willing to call themselves feminists and willing to treat black women with the respect and dignity that they deserve so it's like i like i'll hear a guy be like oh yeah i'm so woke." Like. I go to every Black Lives Matter rally, like listen to this song I wrote or like this spoken word piece I wrote, and I'm just like, okay, well, what about this issue that impacts like Black women? And they're like, they're just kind of like uncaring about it, like national. Sure I know you can't care about everything all the time, but you can't say that a Black movement is important if you don't
1: think about every person in it. Can I please give you an example of this? Yeah. When I was at Yale, there is a black. Graduate Student Network. Mm-hmm. That's almost say. I'm not using names. <laughs> <laughs> and I went to one of the leaders and I was like, can we please start a womanist group in this particular group? Mm. Yeah. And this person came to me and was like, I don't think that's a good idea because I think that focusing on that takes away from the black cause. How? But how? is that not the most ridiculous thing? How? And I was just like, you have just affirmed every negative thought (laughs) I have about these movements (laughs) is that do you not understand that what kind of oppression black women people of color women of color have to face right and by you choosing not to fight I know where your allegiance lies right for black men that's that's the liberation you fight for exactly right but he didn't see it that way (laughs)
0: And you know who you are. <laughs> yup. Uh so so I I guess like we're kind of like determining that you can't truly be woke if your if your views are linear to like one movement and that I think like true wokeness has to has to incorporate the intersectionality of identities.
1: Then are we is any person truly woke then? Because unless you have checked every biases that you potentially have, Mm -hmm. can you really be woke? Or Mm -hmm. that's, that's my problem with the term. It's like every day I'm figuring out biases I have. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what? It's a growing process. It's an unlearning and learning process. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can, I would say maybe I'm more woke than other people, Yeah, but I don't know if I can use the term woke in such a certain way. If,
0: maybe like wokeness it's more aspirational (laughs) like it's something that you aspire to be but like i don't i don't think you can truly be it until you are like you're you like you just don't have biases and that's so hard to be human and not have at least like some biases or like one (laughs) i feel like you could be the absolute like you could be like stand up for social justice and advocated for every identity in a book but like everyone still has we're raised to be biased it's like just human condition
1: and I I also think that being woke means you cannot advocate for certain positions for certain groups of people what do you mean? like I ain't about to go out and adv- and and advocate for neo-nazis you know what I mean? like you are choosing particular groups right. that you are willing to uplift as mm-hmm. part of your wokeness. But with... So, like, with neo-Nazis, like, can't... They're
0: not oppressed people. They're just a hateful people. Like, they aren't... Can't... Like... I...
1: What? <laughs> what I'm, I'm saying... so confused, like, as they're processing this. What I'm saying is that any progressive movement, mm-hmm. a lot of progressive movements... Make it out like they're just the most accepting of all identities. Uh But what I'm saying is, I think it's a lie to be like, we're accepting of all identities. The most liberal people are not accepting of a lot of identities. Mm -hmm. But I think you got to be okay with that. you got to be okay with being like, look, being woke means certain people aren't invited to the table. Neo-Nazis, you're not invited to have dinner with me.
0: Okay, I see what you mean.
1: Yeah, I see what you mean. That has nothing to do with nothing. That was more of an (laughs) eternal rant I went on. It was more of an (laughs) eternal rant. I'm sorry. How has, how do you think being quote woke has affected your relationships with other people?
0: I don't, I, okay, like I know that, like I'm not supposed, like I know I should be like educating people and. Confronting people, like if so, if someone says something shitty in front of me or like homophobic in front of me, I'm an I'm a fucking snap. Like I'm gonna explain to them in the best way possible, like why (laughs) what they just said is so offensive and so shitty. But like I don't, I don't align align myself with those people. Like if I, I'll like confront you and then I'll never talk to you again because you're dead to me. And I know you could probably grow and learn to be a person, but it's just like. Dude, man. Until you can come back to me once you've grown. But if you're if you're shitty now, I don't need I don't need your negativity around me and my growth. I don't mm. need you like restricting me being a better person. Mm. I um, I think that like I don't I don't talk to my family as much as I should because I say a lot of shitty things. Um and do like a lot of gender policing. <laughs> I <don't, laughs> That we I called do a lot of gender policing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I just, I surround myself around like, you. Know, it's one of those things where I just had to like create a family for myself. Mm-hmm.
1: You know what? I'm going to take back something I just said. Okay. I just said neo-Nazis were not welcome at the table. Okay. I-, <laughs> I take that back. I take that back because I think that part of this process with me and how, how my relationships with other people has been affected is I've understood that black people, white people, oppressed, oppressor, we all in the same system. Mm -hmm. And you can't make progress unless you're willing to dialogue with these oppressive groups of people, who I would call oppressive Mm -hmm. groups of people. So I think that in the past where I could just be like, I'm not associating with those racists, now there's more of an urge for me to be like, I need to understand this mindset so at least I can dialogue with these people, Mm -hmm. help them understand where I'm coming from, But I think that with the closest people in my life. It's hard. I think it's especially hard for me because I am half white. Mm -hmm. So I've had to try to find a way of critiquing whiteness while at the same time being like, but I love y'all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I ain't saying you're a terrible human being. Right. But that doesn't mean that I can't critique this higher level way of thinking about whiteness and construction of race. Mm hmm. Which means that a lot of my friends are just like, What are you talking about? Why are you always analyzing stuff? Can we not just have a conversation without you analyzing something or being like, Stop, you know, stop submitting to these white standards? I mm-hmm. think people just want to be able to just laugh and goof off, which I can do. <laughs> but if you ask me why I don't straighten my hair, I'm gonna be like, Why do I need to? Right. <laughs> That's gonna be my first response. <laughs> I mean, I just think it, it puts a it puts a different flavor on your friendships, especially mm-hmm. if those people quote, have not gone through the waking process with you.
0: Yeah. I, you're such a, you're such a much more reasonable person. I'm just so cut and dry and like black and white in my, in my thinking and my dealings with people. And you're just like, but we gotta give the neo-Nazis a chance. And I was like, they're dead to me. <laughs> I'm like, I like, I aspire to be more like you, to be a more like reasonable
1: <laughs> person. And Except who, who look you at are,
0: the
1: except <laughs> who you are. We need all types of people on this earth. Okay, <laughs> Thank you. I mean, think about it. Movements aren't just made up of moderate individuals. Mm-hmm. You need the That's people true. who are going to be like, my view is right. And I'm leading this. Yeah. I would be like, we both can be right. <laughs> we both can be right. I'm right in the middle. Neo-Nazis, you do have the right to convene and protest. Do that. <laughs> But no, I disagree. That's gonna be me. <laughs> yeah, that so, is you. That is me. <laughs> that is, you I can't. I you. should not be leading a movement. I'm too moderate. <laughs> I'm just saying I shouldn't. But you would kill the game.
0: Thank you. With my <laughs> unwillingness to settle. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> listeners, uh, email us and like tell us how you when when did you start waking up from your sleepy slumber and yeah so send some emails like tweet at us let us know like when when did what is what do you how do you feel like how do you define woke when did you start waking up do you consider you're woke do you disagree with everything that we've said in today's episode
1: do you even think that's a thing is it a thing i don't know if i'm woke i don't know (laughs) so you can like
0: yeah so send us your emails opinions we will maybe talk about it on the show. Maybe not. Um, <laughs> we're going to go into our final segment. Black hair care. Winter Whoa. is coming. Winter's coming, y'all. It's September.
1: I feel a crisp in the air.
0: It is. But there is, though. It's, got, it's gotten a bit nippy. So that means there's no real fall if you live in the Midwest summer is summer ends winter is coming i heard that winter is coming as soon as mid-november so get ready y'all it's coming earlier this year so uh black remember uh, i mean everyone needs to know about black hair care so black listeners white listeners listeners of all shades ethnicities creeds whatever
1: can i say though with black hair in the mm -hmm. winter i've been lazy (laughs) I've been like, how do you do this? Black women living in the Northeast and in the Midwest. How have you wore your natural hair in the snow? It makes no (laughs) sense to me. I moved up from South Carolina. My fro was happy. It was bringing in the (laughs) sun, the humidity year round. Yeah. Then I moved to Connecticut. It was like, what is going on? So I started straightening that hair, put a cap on it. But I understand that's kind of problematic. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you feel it's like problematic? Cause my hair gets so dry it gets drier
0: yeah, yeah. you putting hats on you're straight really rough that's it. really rough on your hair it's so cold yeah oh. mm. so we're gonna talk about a little bit about the lock method uh, which will yeah which you should be doing so just like the way that I do I do I have to do lock me- lock method what does lock
1: stand for uh liquid li- oil. oil cream, cream. <laughs> so you start
0: with a liquid usually just water. Uh, if you just just wash your hair, just got out of the shower, perfect. Your hair is wet because you just wash your hair. So you, then you take it, you uh, moisturize it with some oil. I I used to use coconut oil, but it just I don't. It's not seeping into my four C hair.
1: Yo, coconut oil is on point for my hair. And for a liquid, I use uh, I use leave in conditioner. Oh yeah.
0: Hmm. That's creamy. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a cream, I use, like, I use, typically use a hair butter to really seal it in. My, my hair dries so much. I What I don't understand about black hair is the following. Why <laughs> in the hot African sun? In you draw I am half African. I got my hair from my daddy. Why in the hot African sun? When my hair grow this way, to where it's susceptible to dry in an instant. Did <laughs> my answer. I guess they have berries and oils and shit. Oh, you know, now that I think about it, all the best black hair care is like in Africa, you get all the, the shea butters and all that. Okay. All right. Now you I just, think about it. You worked out something worked on out. air. I worked it out. Okay. You worked it out. I'm thanks, ancestors. They they got it the best.
1: They knew how to do it. They knew. They knew what to do. They said, "Mm, berries, oils.
0: uh, I grew up in, like, a very confused home where my mom, my mom, a black woman, a woman who did not know how to do my hair, uh, so I had to get a lot of relaxers. A lot, a lot of relaxers. So I didn't know how to do my hair until I went natural, and I was forced to know how to do my hair.
1: But the lock method is transformational for people, who might have dry hair yeah. and are not sure mm-hmm. of how to keep this moisture in their hair, especially yes. in the winter months.
0: So, you know what? This goes to all listeners. You got dry hair. First, you start with the liquid. And then you put in oil. You got to play around. See, like, which one works best for you. And then you seal it. You seal in that moisture with a nice, thick cream. I personally, I do that. And then I twist my hair. And then I wrap it in a silk scarf. That's only, That's really the only way to go.
1: My hair's too moisturized nowadays. I mean, not right now because my fro is bugging out. <laughs> it's too but it's like, how's it's my hair so shiny? <laughs> how's it so healthy? Because the oils. Yeah. The lock method. Unless you want your hair to be real moisturized, don't do it. Mm. So, like, listeners, if you if you struggle with that wintertime
0: dryness, try the lock method. It works. I think maybe it could work on all hair types. We letting you know early, so you, you ain't breaking your hair off. Yes, we're we're letting you know at the end of summer. We're, you're walking listeners. That's all I gotta say. Anyway, we just woke y'all. <laughs> um, thank you for joining us today. You can tweet at us at unlearned under, underscore shy. You can check us. You can like us on Facebook at Unlearned. You can email us at unlearnpodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out our website, Um Again, check out some of the uh, post-opness shows. We Just Google. Yeah, we highly recommend it. Uh, and, you know, keep killing it. Think about what it means to be woke. Think about what... Think, think about have like a day where you just take the time to really think about yourself and your life and think, think about if you're living your best life and if you are harming others in the, in said life good question yeah 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 think take some time think about your biases drink water <laughs> you have to keep well it's really good for your hair hydration so you need to consume water As long as, as well as put it in your hair. Um, Okay, so thanks for listening to another episode. And it's great seeing you all again. Bye. Bye.
1: Post loudness.